0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Floor You Podcast. I'm Paul Plishek. I'm here with uh my my usual co-host, Sonny am Sonny, hello. How, are you? how you doing, Mr. Paul? Oh, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Packers are four and one.
1: Living a dream.
0: Joined with it by our guest today, John Downey of Siri and, and
2: God only knows how many other things. <laughs> how you doing, John? Hey, I'm good, Paul. How are you? Hey, Sonny. Hey, John. Thanks for being on with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Like I said, I'm doing well. The Packers beat the Cowboys.
0: I mean, how many people saw that coming?
1: America.
0: (laughs)
2: America.
0: I thought they were America's team. Oh, wait, that's the Packers.
2: I think your uh, Badgers beat a high school team this past week, too. You should be really proud of that.
0: Oh, yeah, because Ohio State's played nothing but top 10 teams this year. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. Well, they're going to be playing one here in a couple of weeks. We'll see how that goes.
0: At least your uh, reputation's intact now that Urban Meyer's uh, gone, right? <laughs> sort of. eh. Eh. I can't imagine how he was so successful. Never mind. Uh, we'll, we won't go there. We'll talk uh, after the Badgers beat the hell out of you in the shoe. <laughs>
2: Three weeks. We're not going to talk for a while. That might be a few years before that happens. So we're going to schedule you e for twenty twenty-seven. <laughs> oh man, boy,
0: I can't wait to talk to you guys after that game. Meantime, Sunday sitting there going, yeah, I don't know. I don't, those teams don't even sound familiar to me. Uh, are they in the SEC? Yeah, yeah,
1: they're out of the top five. I don't care. <laughs> are they? Is Ohio State out of the top five? No, Ohio State's probably five, four or five. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're they were. I think they probably are still at four. They were at four last week. Yeah.
0: Badgers uh, won, but number seven was it number seven? I always mix them up. Clemson or Auburn? Which one lost on? Uh, Auburn, lost, to, lost. Lost, to Auburn lost to Florida. Lost to Florida. Which means the Badgers will probably drop because that's just how it works for the Badgers. They it, it never works out in their favor. <laughs> Look at what. <laughs> He'll be the first undefeated team to miss the, the uh, college
1: playoff. Oh. <laughs> really, John? Sorry. Hey, we're recording here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: trying to turn a, the volume off. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't Let's go think, back to. I'm the only one in the office.
0: Go back. Hopefully, it's not a real busy day. I was just going back to dirty deeds while your phone was ringing.
2: All right, <laughs> we're back. What's so,
0: so, but on that note, you know, we do we do have some sports going on. We do have uh, it's a great time of year. It's a great time it's of year. The my best t-
1: time of year, no doubt.
0: My my, my brewers
1: in the postseason.
0: My brewers led for about eight and a half innings. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Kicked the ball.
2: I really thought the brewers uh, they were on a roll. Yeah. um they had gotten through that game and then they it
1: just rolled t- right by him it oh is that too soon Paul? Right. too soon no no no
0: just never too soon no it's uh, not
1: that young man will be haunted for a long time for that play well, is he next is he happens. another buck or,
0: or
2: Buckner, Buckner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another <Buckner>. red Sox?
0: <laughs> no i don't even remember his name so I can i forget who was playing right field yeah
2: yeah. I have no idea. He's not a Yankee, so I don't really know.
0: It, it hit the news the next day, and most people in Wisconsin said, Oh, the Brewers were still playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's football season. They were still playing. <laughs> so other than that, John, we had John in uh we're on our fourth show now. So we had John in because we've we focused a lot on the the installation side of it. We focus some on manufacturing. And this is really a, a focus on, on maintenance. This is a focus on the science of cleaning. And there's not really a better guess for that than John uh, because you are director
2: of Siri. Executive Director and Siri Executive. stands for the Cleaning Industry Research Institute.
0: I, I went and obviously researched a little bit. I'm not going back to your photos page. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see it. <laughs> Knowing that that's that those things are on here and everything else, those those microorganisms. <laughs> gave me the creeps. It
1: was it like the scared straight program you got <laughs> all I went right upstairs and showered <laughs> after
2: that. It's true. <laughs> well, t- but, tell us a little bit about Siri, John. Well, CERI has its origins going back about 15 years before my time. I've only been involved for the past uh, couple years, less than two years. But its origins is in the janitorial cleaning industry. And uh, it was founded um, by a group that included the publisher at that time of Clean Facts. He also was the publisher, his name's Humphrey Tyler. He was also the publisher of Cleaning Management magazine, which was in the janitorial area. Um, he brought in uh, somebody who is, was a very well-known trainer in the uh, janitorial cleaning industry, Jim Harris, who to this day is still the chairman of Siri. But um, Siri kind of went through, became very successful very quickly in the sense that they got several projects to do very within a matter of a couple years. And one in particular, you know, it kind of overwhelmed Siri. Uh, It it put everything they had into it. It's called the Clean Standard. And the Clean Standard is a standard that uh, they did for the ISSA, the International Sanitary Supply Association. And it was based on and what started before the standard, they had to do research. So they did research to figure out what would be the best way to measure clean. And they came, they ended up with a testing process that involved uh, ATP. And don't ask me to it's don't ask me to, to say what ATP stands for. Something phosphate, triphosphate. Um Anyway, so they used ATP as the basis for measurement. There was a, a lot of research done. Uh, then they developed a standard, and um, the industry doesn't really have a history. The, the cleaning industry does not have a history of significant research. And so when this research was done, there was, um, as is very common in research, there were the price, the the price was higher than originally expected, and so the, it became contentious in some ways. There were some hard feelings. There were a lot of people doing a lot of things um, uh, to 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 put it together, especially Jim Harris, who was getting pressure both from the scientists on the one side and pressure from ISSA executives on the other. Uh, and so they finally put it together, got it done, and then went to put together the standard from it. Once the standard was completed, it was within a matter of less than a year, the standard was kind of abandoned by ISSA. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Siri for a time just kind of ran out of gas. Uh, and the reason the standard was, was um I'll say abandoned by ISSA, was it really was not supported by the membership of ISSA. ISSA is a trade association. That's another part of the discussion that we should have, contrasting what Siri is to trade associations. But the members of, of ISSA did not really support it. There were, I won't get into details of the issues, there were legitimate issues all around But it just, you know, basically people were exhausted. So after that, Siri continued to function, did another research project that was not published, was not released because of political stuff related to... Political stuff? ...trade association.
1: Who knew flooring could be so political?
2: (laughs) Right. So, um, you know, so... That's kind of the history before my time with Siri. Uh, I came to Siri a couple years ago after I had been doing a peer review publication for the IICRC, which they suspended and then ultimately abandoned. It was called the Journal of Cleaning Restoration and Inspection. And I felt, still feel to this day, obviously, that it is critical that we have a scientific basis for the technical information that we um, disseminate in the industry. So I went to Siri, went, went to to Jim Harris, uh, Bob Robinson, um, Charlie Smith, uh, Steve Spivak. You may be familiar with Spivak a little bit. I'm not sure. Uh, the Basically, the people on the executive committee. And we kind of... Um, reenvisioned what siri was i i called it uh not a restart but a or a relaunch show uh, in technology i can't it's think a of a reboot <laughs> a reboot that's it yes that was exactly it so i you know i i kind of pitched it to them as a reboot they liked what i uh was was looking for so we we actually changed it in a lot of ways the membership structure Um who we are reaching out to, how we are reaching out to people. We, Because of my background in communications, we, uh, we made the communications component of Siri much more robust. We uh, added a peer review publication, Cleaning Science Quarterly, uh, and have been working since then to continue to rebuild and re-energize Siri. We had a Uh, a cleaning science symposium this past summer at Miami University in Ohio. Uh, And then um, that was our last big project. We have a few things uh, that we're working on right now that could also be extremely helpful to the industry. I gave you a lot longer answer than you wanted, probably.
1: (laughs) Well,
0: I I think the fact that both Sonny and I shut up for about five minutes there tells us how much we we're interested in the (laughs) answers, you know, the, we talked a little bit and I, I don't want to, I'm going to, I kind of tend to jump around. I did that last week too. And so if you need to refocus me, feel free. Um, We talked a little bit about the relationship before we got started, the relationship between different standards organizations. If you go through the flooring industry, just the sheer quantity of, of, industry related groups and associations and institutes acronyms Oh There's my gosh I know What is the relationship between SIRI and IICRC then because you've got an organization that is the Institute of Inspection Cleaning and Restoration Certification obviously a certifying body standards organization but their goal of course is to have science-based standards, science-based uh, certifications. Is there a relationship between Siri and ISCRC right now, or is there a loosely based one? How do they interact?
2: So we're working together, kind, honestly, we're working together to work together. That would be the best <laughs> way I could describe it. Okay. Um, the, and there is an awareness, I think an increased awareness, in the IICRC about the importance of science and you know, especially in support of standards, um, but uh, on the I, I gotta be a little bit careful in what I say because I want to be nice. Um, we'll we'll, we'll both be IICRC careful today. How about exactly that, John? That has not historically <laughs> been committed to science, um, and. I say, wait. wait, or, or wait and, can, you say, can you can you say that again? I want to make you say. It. <laughs> I, want, I want you to erase that. <laughs> Cut that out. The, uh. the it's not that they aren't. As I said, there's an increased awareness and appreciation for that. Uh, my goal in working when I worked directly with the IICRC was exactly what you're talking about. And ultimately, they opted to not do it anymore. The IICRC, under the law, as the type of organization they are, is they're a trade association. They're a 501c6 trade association. Now, they don't really operate. That's not their primary function, but it is what they are. Uh, and, uh, Siri is not Siri is a professional technical organization. It's a five Oh one C three nonprofit. And a lot of people don't understand the distinction, but it is an important distinction. Uh, trade association, as I said, that's what ultimately what the IICRC is. I They're, agree with you. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm nodding I, my head smiling. We've had some, some conversations <laughs> about this. There is all trade associations responsibility under the law. Their primary responsibility is to their members. So the IICR and the IICRC claims they don't have members. Registrants. Registrants and they have certified firms. I think if it ever, if we ever had to have a um, test, under the law in court about the membership of IICRC, it would be their certified firms. They are essentially a membership class. Uh, The registrants earn their registration through uh, basically taking exams, but the certified firms, it's a different thing. Um, And that's what they are. Now, Now, Siri, on the other hand, as a professional technical organization, its responsibility, and again, this isn't me saying it, this is under the law. If you read the statutes and you read uh, court decisions relating to different types of uh, organizations, series responsibility is to the overall industry and to the public, and their pri- actually the public over the overall industry. Its membership is not a primary consideration. So, uh, the types of things that that each organization does, and CIRI is involved in science and research, that their focus is different because of the type of organization they are.
0: I, I say I agree with you, and because it's always said to me that it's a it's a certification and standards body. IICRC is a certification and standards body.
2: Clearly, there are two different types of organizations. Uh, if I could share this real quick with you, I agree. What in reality the IICRC is, is a trade association with a very robust certification and standards writing function. There is no conflict between being a trade association and having a robust function in right. certification and standards.
0: Agreed. Now, and just a little background: You've been involved with the ICRC for for years as well, having, as you said, run the journal, which was a science-based journal. You've uh, have you been on the board? Have you served on the board or
2: served on the board? I've been involved with the ICRC back to the mid 1980s. So, yeah, I go back a long way.
0: You've been uh, most recently. You've been a shareholder rep, working with the shareholders to elect the board. Correct. And. Uh, so, you've been off the board then for how long?
2: Probably six or seven years, I believe.
0: Oh, congratulations. Um, <laughs>
2: and I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding. Um, they booted me off.
0: And they booted you. Uh, well, you know, even great coaches like Urban Meyer get fired eventually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: If I, had, well, if I had his record, I wouldn't have been booted off.
1: <laughs> if you had his reputation, you wouldn't. What you were just talking about with the IICRC, we, we really touched on that last week slightly. It has a lot of similarities with ASTM, and we talked about this you know, before we got on. But sometimes ASTM, especially in the FO6 committee, it, it's not science-based. These documents, these standards, these things we're writing, it's consensus-based, and sometimes, <laughs> you know, you want things to be science-based, but now they're going to be consensus-based, and I think it loses some of the, um, the strength or the teeth for the document, because it's got to make its way through hundreds of people to get the consensus, as opposed to just being based on science agreed. So yes. I, I just wanted to say it's not just the IIC or C. We're not, you know, we're not saying anything negative about them at all. It's just the way our industry is set up. And, you know, based on some of the other other committees that I'm involved with at ASTM, FO6 just seems to be the least science-based, good, bad, or indifferent. That's what it is. It's the least science-based and it's manufactured-based. It's application-based, things like
2: that. The, In some areas, it is less risky to do consensus-based standards than other areas. With the IICRC, their cleaning standards, I think, generally speaking, are pretty secure. But when you're getting into restoration and remediation areas, you're talking about things that have potential, there could be potential litigation issues. And if they are providing, quote-unquote, industry standards um, that are being depended on, some of this is health-related, for providing uh, data and processes for um, maybe immune-compromised people, uh, restoration issues, remediation issues, uh, if If you aren't grounded, even if even with the even with the um, disclaimers that you'll see on all their standards, if if you are presenting this as an industry standard, and you're the organization that did the standard, um, if it gets into litigation, they, and they recognize this. That's why they're interested, I believe, in, in trying to develop some, some science. Uh, there is a potential um, liability there.
1: You mean uh, indoor air quality is a, a potential hot button?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. Slightly. We,
0: get, we get into this everywhere, right? So consensus, it only really takes over where, fu- where science is fuzzy or where science is unclear. We could talk about any subject you want in that area. The reason there's a so-called consensus on global warming is because it's not proven or it's not at least proven how it's caused. If it was proven, it would be fact, not consensus. So there's there's a difference there between what you absolutely can prove and those gray areas are really where consensus comes in, what the testing methods were, how it was, how that, conclusion was reached, the scientific process and reaching that conclusion. And so where does Siri come in and say, when, when you, you, you have certain test sample size that give you a, a greater indication of consistency, you have different test methods and the, the more you refine it down, how does Siri continue to go on then and prove their, their so they're the results of their tests, what do you do to go back and then try to um, further test your hypothesis? Or do you just leave that then up to other organizations or see if there's any disagreement?
2: Well, all right, Siri, basic, you know, we, Siri has one part of our, in fact, it's the most critical part of Siri, is uh, the Science Advisory Council. Uh, and the Science Advisory Council is a group of uh, scientists, all of them researchers, who have been involved in doing uh, various types of research over a long period of time. Uh, the council, the chairman is Steve Spivak. The council includes uh, Richard Shaughnessy, who is one of, if not the world's foremost uh, expert in indoor air quality, uh, Sonny. I mean, he's, he's right up there. Gene Cole is another member. Uh, Greg Whiteley is also a member and Greg is, and, and Gene, first of all, it, it works in collaboration with, uh, Whiteley, on, or not Whiteley, uh, with Shaughnessy on a lot of things. Greg Whiteley, uh, in hygiene and disinfection is, um, certainly one of the foremost, uh, researchers and he also is a manufacturer, um, we have a couple other members, John Richter, and um, try. I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed that I don't remember all the <laughs> all the SAC members. But they're researchers and 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 scientists. That's what they do. So what Siri does is we aren't. I mean, we don't have a budget to do research on our own. We can only do research if whether it if. Uh, organizations reach out to us and say we would like we would like to learn this and we would like you to develop a you know a protocol to test this and that's where Siri comes in and and okay. uh, where you know we're working with some people now on developing you know you start with a in science you start with a hypothesis so, you, know, I, you, you develop a hypothesis from that hypothesis. You develop a protocol to test it. And then you do your testing, and then you do an assessment of your test results. Um, it if, is they, not- if,
0: they prove, if you prove you're right, you've got a result. And if they prove you're wrong, you develop a new hypothesis. Sounds like a scientific method to me.
2: Exactly what it is. <laughs> and, uh, and honestly, in science, the way it's looked at is uh, regardless, you know, the, the actual research is valuable, whether it proves your hypothesis or disproves it, it, it basically gives you information that you didn't have before. And then from that you develop it. Um, I, I will add something that, you know, you probably aren't aware of. I wasn't aware of it. I think very few people in the cleaning and restoration industry are aware of it. And that is, there is a, very large body of research that has been done that is at least overlaps with related to the things that we do in in our industry. And that is in academic research. Um, I attended a conference at Ohio State. um, Excuse me? O-H-I-O. Never heard Uh, of it. Uh, like the band, but, <laughs> <at> the end <laughs> of July, <laughs> I and um, it was an academic conference. I was the only speaker there who came from the industry, um, the, from the cleaning and maintenance industry. And, they, and the and the conference was about uh, carpet as a basically its its role in the indoor environment. You know, and and most of the papers presented talked about carpet being a environmental. Um, problem, uh, and, um, you know, a, a emitter and resuspender of soil and particles and mold and things like that. So there's been a lot of research done, but what was there were two things I would say about that. One is the research that's been done has been done largely ignorant of what is in the what is the real world of the of the cleaning industry. Um, And then the second thing and this was, you know, so the first part is kind of, you know, it's kind of like, I don't get it. The second part to me was hopeful. And that was, you know, not to brag on myself, but I was kind of like a rock star at that conference, because (laughs) they were all interested. They were very interested in what I had to say about cleaning and maintenance. That told me that there is a hunger, there is a recognition that there needs to be a connection and that's what's missing is a connection between research and practice. And that, uh, you know, if you really want to know what I think Siri's role is, it's to be the connective tissue between research and practice. No, I agree. I agree.
1: I mean, it's almost, it's, I'm trying to think of an analogy that I can use here, but the way our entire industry is disconnected from the step before flooring goes in And the step after flooring goes in be it application be it science we just don't take that extra step to get involved to understand you know and and like what you said before i think it's funny because you know when you said that that the carpet was bad is what they were talking about i just wanted to go and i'm sure that was written by wood people because the carpet people are going (laughs) to say i did a research where wood is bad you know you, you never know the truth is usually in the middle somewhere but there's a, there's a complete disconnect and there should be a body somewhere that can say carpets bad, but it's better than wood for this. Wood is, or, you know, good or bad here, here's the, here's the good points. Here's the bad points. Let the consumer make the educated decision.
0: Well, haven't there been, haven't there been some studies that actually properly maintain carpet is better for indoor air quality than, than something that doesn't hold any soils whatsoever?
2: Yes, and the it what to me the most fascinating part of that conference was that none of that research, uh, which most of it is dated, I mean, it goes back a lot of it between 10 and 25 years. Um, that research does not seem to have made it to these people. I had a fascinating conversation though with a woman researcher. I can't remember the the, the university she was with, Uh, but I actually, um, her research basically showed that carpet was a emitter of particles or resuspender of particles at a much greater rate than hard surface floors. She did a direct comparison of carpet and uh, hard surface floors, and she found in her research that carpet resuspended much greater than hard surface floors. So, now so I, I said to her and it, you know the thing that was nice about this was it, there was a cordiality there was, I mean she wasn't defensive when I said what I said which was I said, you know, you please pardon me but, you know, my mind is kind of <laughs> having a hard mm-hmm. time processing this. Because I'm familiar with research that says exactly the opposite. Can you explain why your findings were different than this? And her response was, it was essentially, I can't explain that. I know what you're talking about. And I would really like to get to the bottom of that. I would really like to understand. She went on to talk about um, electrostatic charges and things like that. I mean, they are really smart people. I was the only one that... But, wasn't a PhD in the room. And I was, you know, I told him, I'm pretty intimidated here. But you know what, I knew a lot more about maintaining carpet than any of them did. So I did have that advantage. But it was a very, the thing that I liked about it was it was a very productive conversation. They asked me to share the research that I was familiar with, with them. Now, what will happen with that afterwards? I don't know. I just don't know the answer to that. But to me, what that says to me is there, isn't a lot, there is an opportunity for collaboration if we do it right. Uh, and I think Siri is the right organization to do it because it is a professional technical organization, not a trade association. They are going to be much more skeptical of a trade association just because of the mm-hmm. type of organization. It's not that they're bad. It's just academia, you know, we have a bunch of PhDs on the sack. So they know how to talk to each other. And our PhDs on the sack understand people like me. That's where we can make those connections. <laughs> well, you know, it,
1: it, one thing that I that I that I relate this to is I think about all these hotels who we are going from carpet in the room to hard surface in the room. Now, granted, the hard surface is vinyl tile, vinyl plank still the same premise as hardwood, nothing's gonna absorb into it. So without a study for a hotel to say one's better than the other, that's pretty, uh, pretty gutsy change on their part, but it kind of goes through what I was saying before as far as not knowing what the next step is. Once they started putting these vinyl floors in these hotels, indoor air quality wasn't really the problem, it was sound. No one thought about the sound that the carpet and the cushion was blocking, and now they're trying to do it with hard surface, and now these rooms are so much louder. So everything I'd be, is connected.
0: I'd be interested to see the side of that where it comes in with the uh, the fact that you get cleaning and soils ri- driven in between the joints of or the, the seams of the vinyl planks through these areas. Then underneath that, so you've got moisture, you've got darkness, and you've got the the moisture coming through the concrete that's normally there that when you have a carpet down it is pretty much just passing through unless you've got you know vapor barrier on top of the cushion something like that but you've got that that vapor barrier i mean there's all these different things that go into whether or not a floor covering is right for a given application and and i think the science part of it is the only place you can really answer it because you know manufacturers are going to sell what the people want. And if they've got a decorator saying that that vinyl floor is exactly what people want to see in a hotel room, they're going to sell it to them.
1: And I don't yeah. blame them. De- decorators make the world go around, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a look. I'm to, we're, we're a little over half done here. And as we've said, we're hoping at, a, at some point to, to in, involve some other companies after I just said that about manufacturers, which wasn't negative, <laughs> but, um, divergent adhesives
1: i've heard Good of those friend. people
0: great friend of the show It's a new way of looking at adhesives at ad, adhesives it started with the idea of providing high quality adhesive for high quality installers their team has a strong technical background and is ready to help with your installation divergence motto is our experience ensures your success with a full line of resilient wood and carpet adhesives let them help you be successful. They currently have distribution in the southeast and are actively looking for new distributor partners across the U.S. If you are interested in looking at their lineup, contact them at 407 four zero seven three eight three six four four six or one eight seven seven glu dude. That's one eight seven seven G L U D U D E. Or visit www.diversionadhesives.com. I know the guy that owns that, and he's he's
1: phenomenal. He's, uh, he's an awesome. ass. <laughs> now I appreciate it, Paul. I uh, I'm, I'm glad Divergent can be a part of this and help get it going. So we love talking to people. We love training people. So this was the natural next step for us, wasn't it, Paul?
0: Uh, it really was. I think that this is a a, a very uh, passive learning tool. You know, <laughs> it's something that you can really use to. You put something like this on while you're at work, and you pick
1: things up. Yeah, and I, I'm telling you, there's guys going to be listening to this. They're going to be throwing down pad. They're going to be throwing down strip. They're going to be spreading glue. They're going to be working, and they're listening, and they're educating themselves on more than just the flooring that they're looking at right then right then and there, which I think that's the biggest part. And if we can make our industry smarter, we've made our industry better. So that's, that's kind of the focus behind it.
0: Absolutely. Divergent Adhesives, check them out at the store near you or near you soon, hopefully.
1: Yep. That's my cell phone. Give me a call anytime.
0: <laughs> so before we got going today, in rehearsal, remember rehearsal? Yeah? Yeah.
2: No. yeah. Four hours. i say I remember the, bat- <laughs> the battles about football and baseball, and <laughs> those were the fun parts.
0: Yeah, well... I won. I I know I won the rehearsal and the show, but anyway, uh, <laughs> you um, but off. lost the game. But you're gonna lose the game. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things we were talking about, and one of the things that that I I find very interesting is we have a lot of conversation about associations, but one thing, one aspect that affects every one of us is standards. Doesn't matter if you're installing, cleaning, inspecting, manufacturing. You've got standards that you have to live by in the case of manufacturing, there's ASTM standards that they specifically refer to. Uh, we've got standards for cleaning from ANSI. We've got, you know, ISO. And one of the things that you were talking about was the relationship between each other. And I found that very interesting. Can you explain what ISO is to ANSI to ASTM? and? That's great.
2: Sure. Um, my understanding of it is, and again, we had some discussion that there may be some gray areas that uh, mm-hmm. we need to uh, get clear. But my understanding is that, yeah, as a
1: general uh, statement, what you're saying, this is a general statement, is completely true. Yeah,
2: okay, uh, and that is that ISO is the international organization uh, that oversees standards worldwide, and w- under ISO are typically either national or they could still be international organizations that um, uh, do standards within countries and potentially within re- regions.
1: You're 0 for 2.
2: <laughs> At least I was quick on that one. Um, the only thing left is the fax machine may ring. <laughs> <laughs> you just jinxed us. You totally jinxed us.
0: What, with a call from the 90s? What, are you <laughs> serious?
2: That's right. <laughs> uh, so under under the internet ISO is uh, are these uh, either national or regional? For instance, I believe there is a, an organization that covers the EU. Uh, there may also be some, or at least one organization that covers the UK separately or distinctly from the EU overall. But there are international. There is the international organization. There are national organizations that oversee standards writing, and then there are uh, organizations such as ASTM, IICRC, I believe ASHRAE is another standards writing organization. These are organizations that have been accredited by the national organization. In this case, it would be uh, ANSI, uh, American National Standards Institute Certifications. Um, And so ANSI doesn't write them, but they they basically establish the process and monitor the process that individual uh, organizations, um, um, what did I say, Um, um, accredited standards writing organizations uh, used to put together standards. Uh, as I understand it, all of the ANSI standards uh, are consensus standards. You, you talked a little bit about consensus before, Sonny, and I, I thought that, that is an interesting discussion, You know that whole area. What's consensus as opposed to science, uh, and how do they uh, work together? So as part of that, We
0: talked some last week, although we probably should have talked more about ASTM, but IICRC is an ANSI body. You've worked with IICRC. I've worked with IICRC. Sonny's a a TAC chair with IICRC. Um, IICRC has really added a lot of, of pins, a lot of different standards that are under development. Where do you see that going as far as the amount of standards that are developed, the kinds of standards that are developed, do you see that expanding? Do you see that kind of riding the same wave it is now or the same the same path it is now with the number of standards that are out there and worked on? Each new one they add, obviously, you've got to review standards that are existing. Each new one that's added has to then exist within the organization for basically perpetuity. Where do you see that going with ICRC? How far do you see them their reach.
2: Well, I'm an outsider on that. So, you know, I will give you my, what I've observed that you probably would be a lot better than me since you you serve on the board of directors of the IACRC to provide. Way to call, way to call me out. Thanks. <laughs> Just <saying. laughs> uh, Of course, you're not you're on the board. That doesn't mean you're on the standards and uh, in, directly involved in overseeing standards. Uh, however, as, as best I can tell, observing what's going on, it seems that the IICRC is kind of moving in the direction of ASTM and ASHRAE in particular, who tend to, that I, these are the organizations that I'm at least somewhat familiar with, who tend to break standards into smaller chunks and, and publish kind of technically sp- specific standards as opposed to large standards. The IICRC typically has done large standards, a standard on water damage restoration mm-hmm. uh, as, as, a, as a good example. Um, I think that, how, would, how would they break how, that up? Pardon how could me? They, how
0: could they break that up, Some a, a subject like that? How could that possibly be broken up into smaller standards?
2: Well, I, I'm not certain, but my guess my my thought would be that you could break it up into types of water loss and types of you know because the whole idea in water restoration is to take things that have been water damaged and get them dry and decontaminated. And different types of water loss uh, the 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 dynamics involved in in fixing them are uh, in, in restoring the, those, um, uh, environments is different. So they could break it down and focus on, you know, I lack of a better, you know, you could be looking at wall cavities. You could look at wall cavities from the perspective of, um, a, a, a water pipe break as opposed to a hurricane or a flood, you know, a water, you know, different types of water that comes in there are a variety of ways they can break it down now i don't know that they're going to do that i'm just saying that in what they it seems like what they're doing and taking out a lot of new pins is they seem to be more narrowly focused on in these pins now the good thing about that is you it is easier to develop a standard when on, on on something when you're not trying, you're not trying to standardize the whole universe of that subject matter, but only a, a particular part of it. Um, the challenging thing for the IICRC, I think, will be every standard they do, they've got to get a consensus body, mm-hmm. and uh, they've got to have meetings. I mean, it, it, each standard they write. Has to be properly represented in order for it to meet ANSI guidelines. And uh, that is kind of a big, you know, that is a big challenge for an organization like the ICRC that already is depending on scores, if not hundreds, of volunteers to work with them. Now we're adding even more and more time. They're already challenged that way. Can they do it? Sure. But I mean, that, it, it will be interesting to watch
0: yeah I think that there's some some ideas there with different standards being broken up that could apply to certain ones that I've worked on recently and looks like it is applying to it. I'm not sure there's public knowledge about the latest pin I know they announced to that aim, but i'll I'll leave that to them um, I would see those standards as being developed more much more quickly. And I would see the review process of standards that were much, were broken up greater into smaller pieces as much easier. You know, right now, when you've got such broad topics in one standard, it takes forever to get the thing written. And then once you want to review it, it again takes forever because you're covering so many different subjects in one standard.
1: Exactly. So many people. Well, everybody's got an opinion on everything. It's, it's tough. It really is. Opinions are like, uh oh, never mind. I won't share that. On that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Opinions are like Yankees fans. Oh, wait, no, that's not it. <laughs> Sorry, John. Sorry, John. Uh, we got a new uh, new chair here. The, uh, Kevin Pearson will be the new chair of the ICRC. Uh Thoughts on Kevin, history with Kevin? Have you have you worked with him in the past?
2: I've worked with Kevin um, since uh, we were actually elected to the board of directors the same year. So I worked for with him for two years when I was on the board of directors. And as a matter of fact, I believe we both worked on the marketing committee together. Um, what I would say about Kevin is, uh, well, first of all, <laughs> it's, Something is kind of important. He's a survivor, and it's not easy to survive <laughs> at the IICRC. I will leave it at that. I won't say any yeah. more than that. Uh, yeah. it, it just is what it is. Uh, the 2nd second... I'm not
0: pushing you at all on some of these things. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> you're not
2: challenging me. You're not, you're not giving me a here-here uh, either, even though.
0: I, I'm walking you up to the edge and seeing if you jump off. That's
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, my my experience with Kevin has been that uh, he listens to different points of view and uh, has acted prudently in the things he's done. He he understands. I've had many conversations with Kevin. He understands the challenge. I'll just call them challenges that you have in an organization like the ICRC, and I am confident that that oh, he has a plan to deal with that i hope he is successful in dealing with that the icrc's problem and i know i probably should not get into political stuff but i only i will only in a in a minor no 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 don't, don't. <laughs> it, it, it is that it is it just buckered. <laughs> it is a highly successful organization that has a lot of strong personalities involved in it and um it uh, is um so it is subject to possible uh influence by parochial interests and as a consequence of that, um, the, there is, has been, and I told you, I go back to the uh, mid-1980s in observing the IICRC. That's not quite the beginning, but it's pretty darn close. Uh, when I was involved, it was, pro- it was a for-profit organization with the shareholders, with only a few, a couple uh, association shareholders, primarily individual shareholders at that time. So I go back a long way with the IICRC. And the, 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 the thing that I have noted repeatedly is that a, a propensity within leadership. And I want to distinguish leadership to function. Uh, within leadership, for the IICRC to go through frequent revolutions. Um, and um, they are usually, they're almost like coups. And there is um, a lot of political stuff going on, a lot of, uh, and, and the thing about it is, I could tell you, they're well-meaning people. It's not like you've got, we have a tendency sometimes to look at it as the white hats versus the black hats. Each side sees themselves as the white hats trying to do the right thing. But no, I,
0: I agree with that. I, we went through that a little bit last week on the show talking about you know there's different opinions but it's not like one group's trying to destroy something that's just different ideas on you know, what the path should be and...
2: about exactly about the way you go, you go about it now the thing that i the, the thing further that i have noticed that i will say is when the IICRC get, goes into a stage where there is, the transparency gives way to um Almost an an umbrella of secrecy where things are not uh, kept public, but but discussed behind closed doors. Almost always that happen when that happens with soon thereafter, you have the mess of the revolution. Uh, And it is how people think about it, you know. Most people don't have, haven't been around that long. So you think it, that it, this is the IICRC today. It's the IICRC virtually since the very beginning. And um, it there, the thing I like about Kevin is, although I don't think Kevin is under any illusions, I think and I'm hopeful that he has some plans that might uh result in some some fundamental changes that will change that dynamic. I don't know if it'll work or not. I really don't. I've I've se- I've seen promising um uh, uh starts that have turned into disasters for various reasons uh before. So, you know, I, I don't know, but you know, well
0: I think that I think too, the I think to the one thing with the ISCRC is that it's a it's a partnership between trade associations and the Institute. And I think that that gets lost sometimes. And, you know, you, again, if you just take people that have the best intentions, sometimes that doesn't always appear that way to people that have other ideas. We just have the idea that, um, trying uh, where, where a movement to try to get the best candidates on the board really appeared to be, to the other side, to be a movement to restrict the way the shareholders had elected directors. I mean, there's always that relationship that's there, and it's a tenuous relationship that some of these decisions can really look much bigger than they are. I would expect that people would understand that and, and maybe start to talk more about those types of decisions back and forth, have more communications about those types of options when it affects, you know, the the bylaws of the ISCRC outline the powers of the shareholders and the powers of the board of directors. And so if those two powers aren't understood and respected and, and if something is to change, they're talked about, uh, that that kind of helps to further that divide, doesn't it
2: absolutely that's where I say the communication you need transparency. I think Kevin has some ideas that will help that right now. The biggest issues leadership wise are between um, the shareholders and uh, not ju- not i wouldn't i'm not sure I would say the board of directors overall, but leadership the executive committee, and there is a there is a mutual distrust between mm. the two groups, and as I see it, and I, I, Kevin has talked to me, he's allowed me to, you know, share some some of my thoughts, which I do appreciate. Um, he has some ideas about uh, ways that you can change th- that dynamic, and I just I think at this point in time. That's critical. They, need, they really need to change that dynamic because, and it, it, it's not that, it, again, we're not talking white hats and black hats. We're talking about just different interests and and, and different ideas. But you got to be able to communicate it. You've got to be able to talk. Yeah. If you can't talk together, you're going to be talking separately, and that doesn't go well for the ICRC. Never has. It,
1: it, no, that, and don't. that's true in everything, John. That's a great statement.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: True in everything. <laughs>
2: Now, I got a question
0: for you. Sunny and I were talking a little bit beforehand about we're trying to get other parts of the industry to understand each other better, right? So we need cleaners and we need need consumers to understand installation. We need installers to understand everything that happens after it's installed. But I don't know if you've got a thought on this, Sunny. It just kind of dawned on me while we were talking about it. But we talk about cleaning of the substrate. Now, that's not a a, a microbial-type cleaning, but sciences of, of soil suspension and removal, sciences of, of how to get those bond breakers off that subfloor. It'd be interesting to see if there's some sort of connection there between cleaning procedures for subfloors and how to better prepare them.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we... We can, you know, I can't tell you how many times we've gone to a claim, an actual claim, not just a complaint where there's a failure, and I'm going over my whole claim, claim thing with you, Paul. But we go to the job site, and we can't figure out why is something not sticking? Why is it not sticking to the substrate? Because there was something there before. It may not be there now, but there was something there before, um, so if we could have a, you know, if we can better define, I don't know if "defines" the right word, but if we can better describe that to the installer to help them understand, I, I'll give you an example. John, you'll get a kick out of this. There's still a lot of guys who use wax-based sweeping compounds, and they'll sweep the floor with that wax-based sweeping <laughs> compound. What is wax? <laughs> wax, is, wax is a debonder. Nothing sticks to wax. Every time I see it, there's groups, of uh, Facebook groups that they'll say, oh, on the job site sweep them with my compound. That you can't do that. Been doing it 20 years, been doing it 30 years. So being able to, to show the science behind why that doesn't work would be a great example, Paul.
0: And you're, uh, you're a hotel, Wi Fi is starting to freeze up on us. So just Uh-oh. that's what I was smiling about. I can't hear you. And the way you're freezing up now and then is hilarious. <laughs>
1: ugly mug to begin with, so I can't imagine when this freezes up. (laughs) You know, I I think it's funny though, I've been sitting there trying to figure out what's this backdrop? What does it look like? I look like Diamond Dave, the redneck ninja. So if you go to YouTube and and search Diamond Dave, the they here at the same place, that's exactly what I look like.
0: (laughs) You don't have any guns in that room, do you, Sonny? i I This one right here, Judy John. <laughs> well, John, I appreciate you joining us. We're coming up on our hour here, and I don't want to keep you uh, too much longer than what we've committed you for. I think we've left a lot of information out here. I'd like to have you back in the future. But t- t- tell us about how you can uh, how you can join or start to partic- par- uh, participate with Siri, and who who you who's really eligible to join or or Likely to join Siri.
2: So there are three membership categories, and and thank you for the opportunity, uh, Paul. Uh, there are three. Me- there are th- currently there are three membership categories. Uh, the first one is uh, the category is trainers and instructors. Uh, the second category is researchers and um, scientists. And then the third category, and this is kind of weird, especially given the, some of the conversation we've had, is it's a partner membership category for trade associations. Um, the first two categories are individual categories of membership, and uh, they're kind of self-explanatory. The benefit of, of a, uh, somebody that does training to be involved in a cleaning science research organization is... You know, pretty obvious. You know, you want to get good information, useful information, to be able to use that in in the training programs you develop. The second one for again for scientists and researchers is fairly obvious. Uh, they're the people that do the the research and the science, and uh, we have a fair amount of involvement in that area that we want to develop even more. The trade associate, and this is an area that we made a significant change. And we, we are thinking about revisiting it uh, because we haven't had any trade association memberships so far. And we've been over a year now since we uh, open opened Siri back up to membership. Uh, the partner memberships with trade associations, the idea was that the associations would uh, – the membership would be the, with the associations. But through the associations, Siri would – would reach their members with a science and research information, so that the benefit for the associations would be that they, you know, basically through them, the people that are cleaners and restorers and installers and uh, various types of technicians, remediators, and things like that, that those people would um, would would basically learn the science. Uh, be involved in the research through their associations. Um, the weak link is if we can't get associations to participate, then that isn't working. So we are revisiting that. We haven't given up on that, but we're, we're looking at maybe modifying the program. And if we need to uh, making, you know, fi- figuring it out. I mean, something like what we're doing, uh, you go with what you think is the best thing. And if it isn't working, then you look at, all right, so how do we, Uh, Need to make modifications in order to make it work right. The best way to answer your question about um, the best way to learn or possibly um, join Siri is to go to the Siri website. And the Siri website is www.siri, which is C I R I science, S C I E N C E. org. Uh, Or the other thing is, if anybody wants or interested, uh, and maybe they, I don't know if you're able to, they'll probably can post messages after the show. You can forward them to me. I'd be happy to talk to anybody. My email address is john at siriscience.org. Perfect. Perfect.
0: Well, thank you again for joining us. Next week on the show, it looks like we're going to have Seth Pavarnik of Ardex.com. ARDEX USA, looking forward to assessment, a partner with us in education and helped us with the NAFCT classes, uh, substrates classes. He's He's a big contributor for sure. Yep, he's on the uh, S220. He's the vice chair of the ISSI uh, Introduction to Subfloor Substrate Inspection for IICRC. And really just as far as floor prep goes, as far as as the science of, of installation goes, one of the smartest guys I've ever talked to. You want to reach out to us? You can reach us at com. shortly. That's almost done. You can email us at floorupodcast at com. I am Paul Pleszek. He was Sonny Callahan, and he is John Downey. Thank you guys very much.
1: Hey, and real quick, real quick. Yes, sir. Uh, I got to give a shout out. Today is my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Kathy Williams. Love you. And uh, now I'll know if you watch or not if you say something back to me.
0: <laughs> so now you're going to make me look bad for not saying happy anniversary to my wife. Thanks, Sonny. Oh, Appreciate you, better it. It. Appreciate you better do it. Appreciate it. 14 years with my wife, Cindy Pleashek, as of today. She must be a saint. <laughs> she is, uh, thank blind you guys in very depth, much. <laughs> thank you guys very much. And we'll see everybody next week.
2: Thanks, Paul. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Sonny. Thanks John.